Amen. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. I'm, I'm so excited. I, I could cry right now just because um, the kids are so awesome, and it just really blesses my heart to know that God has allowed me to be a part of their lives, to be able to pour into them. And I think sometimes we miss that great opportunity because we don't value it. So I want to talk to you tonight about the value of kids gang. And I want to talk to you about what God says about that. It's not just that I want you because I need help or because our pastors say you should have a burden for that. But God says we should care about the next generation. So before I get started, I want to also thank my pastors. You know, I was here in the ministry when they came, but they've still entrusted me, and they've been by my side, and they encouraged me, and they've stretched me to do even greater things, and more than I can even imagine, and the way that we challenged the kids tonight, you know, they were a little nervous, and but they kept going, and that's what we told them, don't worry about it, and so that's what my pastors have done for, for me, and I love you so much. I, it's such an honor to be here and to serve in this ministry, to stand with you. Um, and I and I thank you for that and, and the leadership. I love the leadership, you know, and, and I'm, I'm just so honored to be a part and standing with you. And the kids gang, core team, I love you. I thank you. I have a new core team. And even those that were here before, you know, I'm so thankful to have those people. God is faithful and he sends the people. You may not feel like you got help sometimes, but he is faithful and he does send. Whether it's one faithful person or now a team, it, I, I'm so thankful to them and even just the kids gang they're so awesome and and if I was nervous I had to get over that because they got up here so I got to get up here <laughs> amen um, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and turn to Psalms 78 1 through 8 and as you're turning there I'm going to go ahead and pray Father, I pray for your anointing tonight. I pray for the stirring of the Holy Spirit. I pray for the burden, your burden, in our hearts tonight. I thank you for this honor to be able to share the burden that you have for the next generation. I pray for the hearts and every ear to hear, my God, what you say. In the name of Jesus, amen. So we're going to uh, start with verse 1. And it says, Listen, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth and be willing to learn. I will open my mouth in a parable to instruct using examples. I will utter dark and puzzling sayings of old that contain important truths, which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, but we will tell to the generation to come the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord and tell of his great might and power and the wonderful works that he has done. For he established a testimony, a specific precept in Jacob, and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should teach to their children the great facts of God's transactions with Israel, that the generation to come might know them, and that the children still to be born may arise and recount them to their children that they should place their confidence in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments and not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not prepare its heart to know and follow God and whose spirit was not faithful to God. Hmm. These verses, which contain a history about the 
those that were taken, you know, with Moses from slavery, that, you know, that we know this story, right? They went through some hard times and they weren't faithful to God. And um, it's, it's giving uh, this, these scriptures are giving instruction again of the importance of the word of God and that why you need to listen to them. But in that, it was not only for the adults, but for the children. They need to know this truth so they won't be taken away into a rebellious state and the sin that comes with that. That's important to catch. You know, obedience will save your life. And I don't know that we even honor that because it's a little hard or it's uncomfortable or I don't feel like it or I think I know better. But obedience will save your life. You need to listen to your leaders. You need to understand that what they're saying to you is because they've been there. They've been through it. They've been hurt. They've been discouraged. They've been rebuked. They've been corrected. They've been told that's not good. But because they've been also through the love of somebody still standing, like we heard with Sister Angelica, the one that didn't quite get it together, but somebody still believed in them. Somebody did that for us. And so we need to remember, you know, what happened. I I remember somebody told me um, one time, and I was still at a place where I was making decisions based on my want in that moment, not the outcome. So eventually you learn that outcome, the after effect, after all the fun is gone and that emotion of whatever it brings to you of happiness and joy, all that wears out, now you're in a mess. Now you got problems. We need to make our decisions based on the outcome of those choices that we're going to make. And so that's what these scriptures are trying to tell um, the people here. Remember the importance of the word of God. Get back to that place and not only remember it, but teach them to the next generation. So tonight I want to focus on how these scriptures stress the urgency to reach that next generation. These scriptures also um, tell us that we have a responsibility to teach the next generation so that they will place their confidence in God and not forget the works of God, but to keep his commandments. So they will not be like their fathers who were stubborn and rebellious and walked away from the things of God. A generation that did not prepare their heart to know and to follow God and whose spirit was not faithful to God. Mm. So many of us were those stubborn, rebellious generation, but God still saved us. He still made a way. We heard that with little Nani. She said, John 3.16, that, you know, he died for us, even though we didn't deserve it. We weren't choosing God. We had an attitude and we still wanted to do what we wanted. But God made a way for us, and we need to remember that. And now we are a new creation, and we have a purpose in Christ. No matter what you've done, I bet you all of us, if I was to pass the mic, you you have something you have shame about. But God tells us we don't have to have condemnation in him. We're a new creation. So now we just have to learn how not to go back to those old behaviors and and styles and patterns. Um, How many of you were raised in church? How many of you were raised in church? And if you were like me, you were not. And I needed somebody to go tell me about God. I needed somebody to reach out to me. I needed somebody to share this good news of hope because I didn't have it. I had fears, and I, I, you know, I had a lot of heartache in my life. So now that we're saved or we're coming in and things are coming together, we're feeling a little bit better, and now we don't, we're not full of chaos and pain and disappointment. Um, we're, we're in a place now that we need to pour into that next generation. We need to give them hope. 
because we are Victory Outreach, right? We're a church that is called to the task of evangelizing and discipling the hurting people of the world with a message of hope and a plan of Jesus Christ. And you know this call involves a commitment to train, develop, and inspire and instill within people to, uh, the desire to fulfill their potential, their full potential in life with a sense of dignity, belonging, and destiny. That's our mission statement, at least a big part of it, an important part of it. That's who we say we are. And if you didn't know that, you need to learn it because it reminds you of what God has done for you. So we should be excited about the new opportunity that we have. And aren't you glad to have a new chance? You, maybe it's not a second chance. It's the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth chance. Still working, coming back, right? So we have another opportunity to come back and be in alignment with God's plan and his purpose for our life. And that's why it's crucial for us to share the truth with the kids gang, the next generation. We, uh, we call them the kids gang because they're God's anointed next generation. We want to let them know that they have, the world may have a plan for them to pull them into the gang of the world, but we're saying, no, we're turning that around because Christ has a plan for their life. And so we need to let them know. Um, we have a responsibility and to make sure that they know the God they serve, the greatness of that God, the faithfulness of that God, and to warn them about the danger of sin. The, the danger of contemplating making a bad choice or a compromise, you know, uh, of walking away from something that's good because it's hard. We need to be that example. And I want you to think about that, especially the parents, but all of us. You know the kids watch you. You know the kids see what you do. They mimic you. They want to be like you, right? They might not always understand that when you watch that movie, you're, gonna, you're prayed up. They may not always understand when you listen to that music that you know that that is, you know, you're going to be strong, and so that's not going to entice you to live like the world. They, you know, we, they're watching what you do. And, and guess what? They share it even. And that's not a bad thing because we're praying for you. And we're praying for them to know we're not here to talk about families. We're here to pray for them. We're here to stand for them. And we're here to give these kids hope. We're here to help them to believe for their parent that's struggling, the one that keeps coming in and out, the one that is hurting them. We're believing for God to move in that situation. Are you ready to help them to stand? Um, in in um, verse 7 and 8, it says that they should place their confidence in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments and not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that did not prepare its heart to know and follow God and whose spirit was not faithful to God. Proverbs 22, 6, it's a very common scripture that we talk about raising the children up in the things of God, but I want to read it in the Amplified, and it says, train up a child in the way he should go, teaching him to seek God's wisdom and will for his abilities and talents. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. So I want to encourage that parent, that child's out in the world right now, or they're not conforming to the things of God, I want you not to give up because 
guess what? You're standing for them. You planted that word. You speak life over that circumstance and let them know, I'm not giving up on you. God has a plan for you. I know that you're going to come in. God has something great for you, and I'm standing for you. You speak that to them. You see my son, John. I call him JJ. He wasn't all good and easy to get along with, and I had to fight with him sometimes, and I had to let him know I'm not going to let you go. My husband was fighting a case of going to prison for life, and he's trying to go out and be in gangs, and I'm like, no, I'm not going to let that happen. You are not going to go to that street. I'm not going to allow the devil to keep coming in with these old things because God said, like Noah in Hebrews 11:7, that in his obedience to something that didn't make sense, Bill building a ship in the, a boat in the middle of dry land. Do you know that they, they never had rain up to this point, but God told them it's going to rain. And he's like, all right, I'm going to do this. People left. And he didn't do it for one year, two year, three year, four year. He did it for 200 years, okay? About 200 years. Are you standing, no matter how it looks, how hard it is? You stand for your kids. You stand for your family. You let them know, I'm going to make a boat that's going to bring them in and save them. So you keep going forward. You got to be that light to them when they're struggling and they can't see, especially the children. They're so young and they're so easily persuaded. So if you say it, they're going to believe it. But you also have to understand, they haven't come under the way that you do. You might be able to get into an hour prayer. They're not at that level yet. you got to make it simple for them to understand. Not so big that they just don't get it, that it's over their heads. You need to be simple with them. Um, so as families are coming in and, and they're hurting, they need to be embraced and taught that no matter what has taken place in their lives, that there is a God that loves them and, and will be with them. So the children also need this truth, but they don't always understand the truth. They may, need, uh, they may not seem like they care. For those of us who have been in the classroom and you feel a little discouraged because they're not listening, they may not seem to care. They may challenge you, but you have to understand that they are learning too. It may not seem like they're listening, but I know it, it, it's getting in there. The Bible says the word of God will not return void. So that means all that you're investing in is, is going to come to something. Something is taking place, and when they need that word, it's going to come out. And when they don't understand what to do, the truth is going to come out because God has a plan for their lives. And if you struggle with faith, how do you think they feel? When warfare comes, and I don't know that all of you understand what warfare is. Warfare is when you're challenged in your mind. It's not the monster coming at night in the dark. It's when your thoughts feel like it's not going to change. I'm not going to get through this. They're not going to change. I can't do this. Where's the people who said they're going to be with me? Well, guess what? God is with you. He's standing for you. He has given you what you need. That's warfare. When you're struggling with believing that God is still there when it's hard. So if you struggle with that, how do you think they feel? If you're kind of going back and forth and one time you come to church and the next time you don't or you don't pray through situations, how are they going to learn how to stand? Because um, whatever you allow in your life is going to come to them too. I hope you know that. Um, I also want you to understand there are benefits. It's not just work to be in kids' gang. It's not just work to serve God. But let me share some things that I learned. Uh, I learned with the children. I didn't know one thing about the Bible. 
I didn't know how to pray. I wasn't raised in church. I didn't come to God until my 30s, okay? So I had no idea of the word of God. You might think, oh, wow, you know the word of God. You know how to pray. Guess what? I didn't know nothing. I learned with the kids. And as I studied the simple little lessons that were given to me, it was simplified for me. And I got a breakthrough. And guess what? I still get breakthroughs. Sometimes I'm broken, crying, like, oh, that was a good word. I don't know, you know. And, and then, you know, and they're like, wow, okay. You know, but God is alive in that word. And so sometimes you're in there because you need it broken down. You need it to be simplified. You need it to come in simple terms so that you can get it. And then you could teach it. And you could walk it. And you can lead them with you, right? So I learned the basics in children's church with them, okay? So don't be afraid if you don't know the word of God. Don't I don't know how to pray. Guess what? You will learn. You will learn. And, and, and my spiritual gifts have been developed, you know? I got a few of them, you know? And, and so, I, I, you know, I'm learning. You got to walk in them now. I'm getting a little better. But, you know, it, it's ha- I had to pray. I had to pray if being in the ministry. You can't do anything on your own for God. You need the spirit of God. So I had to learn real quick. Come on, the current is going. You better do something. So I had to learn how to pray. I had to get connected with somebody to show me how to do this. We don't just throw you back there. I know sometimes you might think we just throw you back there and we'll figure it out. You got a paper that tells you what to do. No, that's not our goal. Okay, we're going to guide you through it. We want to walk you through it. But guess what? We care about your walk too. We care about what you, where you are in your life, and we're hoping these truths are going to be applied in your life as well. I learned how to fast. I learned how to do all kinds of things. So your spiritual gifts will be developed as you get deeper into this and you learn more. Um, healing from my own childhood trauma. You know, my mom and dad were teenage parents, and you know, my sister's here now, praise God. After being here for a while, my sister's here. And and through that, my sister's uh, blended family's here. There we're going. God is moving. But, you know, we had a lot of trauma. My mom and dad were, you know, they were teenagers. They did drugs. We were, my father used to beat my mom. I mean, there was a lot of things. And as I started to work with the kids, the Lord kind of stirred up, remember what you did, what you've been through? Think of this for the kids. And so now it made sense why I was here. You think you're just back there because somebody pulled you. Come on, you're getting my disciple, you're going in there. No, God chose you to be in there. You're selected. There's a reason. God's going to do something in you while you're there. And, and it helped me to, uh, you know, explain it to the kids. And when I tell them, oh, yeah, when they have prayer requests, I say, oh, I'm going to pray for my husband. He's in prison. And they're like, what? You know, he's in prison. They know now, but, you know, then they want to ask, why? Why is he in prison? What did he do? But, it, you know, kids are kids. But, but you know, I share with them. I still go through things like tonight. They were scared, you know, Stevie Nani. I'm scared. Me too. But God's going to be with us. He's going to get us through. So, and he has, and he is, and we're getting through. And you know what? I found purpose. I found purpose in this ministry, that it wasn't just as kids gang and that's all. Oh, you know. No, I found purpose that I belong, that I matter, that I could actually make an impact somewhere. And I could teach the word of God. It's like, wow, that's an honor. And it's given me fight to care, not just for myself. And when I'm going through it, I have a commitment, as we heard a little bit ago. I got commitment that I might be going through it, and I might feel like I want to walk away, and I feel like, God, where are you? But I got a commitment to these kids. If I'm going to fall apart, what are they going to do? How are they going to stand? I need them to know that my God is real, that even though I'm hurting, even though I feel like I'm not going to make it, but my God is real, and he's going to 
Lord, give me what I need, and we're going to stand together. So God has given me that, and he has taught me how to be a leader. A leader, not with just because of a title, but to say, look, I, I acknowledge they're following me, so I need to be ready. I need to, that being ready means I don't know everything in the Bible. It means I'm, I prayed. I prayed for them, and I'm open to what God's going to do. That's what that means. I'm ready to lead them. And if I have a leadership title, then, man, amen, let me lead the way that I'm supposed to, and I'm going to get stretched. And you know what? You will too, but that's what you need to get out of your comfort, to get out of yourself. And so that's what I've learned. And um, I've learned how to love people, really love people. So, you know, it's not always easy. We've had a little bit of challenges. You know, sometimes some of you get upset because something happened. And so we know we're going to work with you and love you through. And and we do really love you. And we do care for everything that happens. And even the children. Children, sometimes, you know, they don't feel like doing what we want them to do. And so you learn patience and you learn all these things. Um, But it's also taught me how to be a godly parent, (laughs) how to be a mother and a wife, you know. And and it's taught me how to love and and learn the word of God and what God says about family and how I I, I was dealing with my controlling issues, like sit down, listen, you know, and like you're disrespecting me, all that old stuff, right? So I had to learn about who I was. I learned about who I was. And I always remember that um, what uh, I want to encourage you, that what you learn in this ministry, I'm going to say kids gang because that's what we're focusing on, but any ministry that you're in, whatever you're learning there, you're going to take it with you. It's not going to be a waste of time. You're there for a season. Maybe it's not what you feel called to, but you're going to learn something there. And, you know, I always share this story. Sister Dana, we love Sister Dana. Where is she? She's on the other side of the world with her husband called and anointed and appointed, right? But what was one of the things? She was a faithful helper. She stood with me when we had, it was really hard, and we didn't have classrooms, and she was there to, to, to help. And guess what? When she went to Africa, she called me up. Hey, I'm leading kids gang. (laughs) So guess what? She learned some stuff, and she applied it, and she, she knew what to do. But I felt so honored to be a part of that. Like, wow, you don't know who you're training and who you're working with and what's gonna, how God's going to use that. That's awesome. And I always remember Pastor Steve. He used to say, if you can teach a child, you can teach anyone right? So come on. Those are great things. And um, I believe this is my, my last, um, is we need you. We heard that already. So that's two times in the Bible. When you hear something two times, you got to pay real close attention. That's what they say. <laughs> All right. Well, we need you. And I'm going to read um, Numbers 11, 16 through 17. uh, God said to Moses, gather together 70 men from among the leaders of Israel, men whom you know to be respected and responsible. Take them to the tent of meeting. I'll meet you there. I'll come down and speak with you. I'll take some of the spirit that is on you and place it on them. They'll then be able to take some of the load of this people. You won't have to carry the whole thing alone. We need you. All right, and um, God is prepared to help you through, and so are we. When you say yes to serving in this ministry, or any ministry, as I said before, you're chosen by God, and I think we said that earlier. It's not just because, oh, you know, I think I'm going to have you back there because we're going to punish you, so you need to go back there. No, you're chosen by God to be back there. And um, guess what? We have other things you can do. 
Maybe it's not in the classroom that you feel like you can be effective, but maybe you're good with um, organizing events, maybe cooking food, maybe uh, taking, you know, helping um, ways we could keep track of the things that we need, um, organizing our closet. We have a closet now. <laughs> uh, you know, there's different things you can do, not just being in the classroom. So I don't want you to put the thought in the box of that's, there's only one way to help. There's many ways. Um, you do not have to know all the Bible to be in the classroom, and we already talked about that because I didn't. Um, we need more men to get involved. So I was really blessed with our teacher of the year, Mike. And, you know, I was so touched with what he shared. I didn't even know. I didn't know that his father was in prison all his life, and that pushed him to want to make a difference and help with the kids and to be just be there and have fun with them and then teaching has come become a part of it he's been consistent with it and the kids need more of that many of our children don't have their fathers and if they are maybe they're not as involved with them but it's just a good example of a godly man that is willing to take time and say you're important to me you matter to me i'm investing in your future and i'm going to stand with you they need that and even the girls they need healthy relationships with the opposite sex because the way that it is now it's a little confusing because you know the world twists it all around that you know we can't be around each other but yes you just they need you need they need good examples of of what is healthy what is a godly man what is a godly woman and they need that in their lives Ephesians 4 11 through 16 says so Christ himself gave the apostles the prophets the evangelists the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming instead speaking in truth speaking the truth in love we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is christ from him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work so everybody can fit in some way. You all have a gift. If, if not one, you have more than one. There's some way you can help this ministry. And so that's really what that scripture to me is talking about. Everyone has something inside that you can help to, to make this, you know, pour into the, this generation that's coming up. Um, I also want to speak to those that have tried kids gang and maybe they walked away or they got a little discouraged or maybe it just feels like oh, maybe I don't know if I fit there um, I want to read one more scripture 1 Corinthians 15 58 it says therefore my beloved brothers and sisters be steadfast immovable always excelling in the work of the Lord always doing your best and doing more than is needed being continually aware that your labor even to the point of exhaustion in the Lord is not futile nor wasted. It is never without purpose. I love that. I love that. Uh, you may be challenged, you know, and it's not always easy, but you got to be prepared too. You, you got to come in ready, you know, not reading the message the day of and trying to talk to the other people. I know we're not always the best at communication because that's a group effort it's not just one individual but we really have to be prepared we really have to be prepared and if you are then you're as ready as you can possibly be and God will do the rest so 
um, I want to encourage you. You might be challenged, but press through that. Push through it. I know. I love Sister Bev. I, you know, she didn't know I was going to say this, and, um, but I just love how she always challenges herself. She's a great example to me of that. That she's going to try an area that may not always be as easy, or maybe she accomplished some stuff in one area, but she'll go in somewhere else to keep growing. And I love that. We need to stay like that. Don't give up. Some days will be good, and others won't. But you got to learn to adapt. You got to learn how to flow. You got to pray and you got to seek help, right? You're not alone in this, and we want to help you to, to go to that next level. You also need to pray for the children. You know, I think sometimes we come in a little tired because it's after work or whatever is going on in your personal life. Maybe you're just going through it. But you need to pray. You need to pray for them. Pray for God to move. Pray for you to get filled up because God wants you to be there, and so He's going to give you what you need. Um, intercede for them. They need help. They need help. And for those that are on our team, um, you know, just a reminder, we need to correct our children with love. We need to correct them with love and be consistent. And, you know, the Bible says we shouldn't be too harsh on, and break their spirit. And, um, you know, I just want to again say that there is a place in our ministry for you. And you don't only have to teach. You can do a lot of other things. And I want to leave with one last scripture. I tell you, I love the word of God. Uh, Colossians 3, 15 through 17. And it says, let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other and step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing. And cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct and direct one another using good common sense. And sing. Sing your hearts out to God. Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the same and done in the name of the master Jesus, thanking God for every step of the way. Servants, do what you're told by your earthly masters, and don't just do the minimum that will get you by. Do your best. Work from the heart for your real master, for God. Confident that you'll get paid in full when you come into your inheritance. Keep in mind always that the ultimate master you're serving is Christ. The soul and servant who does shoddy work will be held responsible. Being a follower of Jesus doesn't cover up bad work. That scripture, if that doesn't stir you up, then, uh, you know, to do your best. You know, whether you come to Kids Gang, I pray you will, but wherever you are, whatever you're called to do, be ready to serve. And right now, I just want to close in prayer, and I want to pray that you're stirred up tonight, that maybe there's another ministry. Maybe there's something else that... God has been calling you to. Maybe your leaders have been asking you to do something, and you're feeling like, I don't think I can. I don't know how. But guess what? It's not about what you know. It's about what God's going to do through you.